Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I want to uh, share the word of God this morning. And um, I just want to do a a one-off message before we get into our new series. I'm going to be looking at the book of Peter. We're going to do that and we'll do that into the future. But I've just been away to conference in New Zealand with Paul DeYoung and had a great time and uh, things were, you know, shared and many things were stirred within me. But prior to going away, there's this message that I felt God put on my heart because I realise and I believe that it's for where we are as a church and I believe it's where many of you are as individuals. And I've simply entitled this message... More than before. Ever say more than before. I think if I'm in the right company this morning, and if we were honest with ourselves, no matter how happy we are with our life right now, there is a desire in our life, there is a desire in our heart for more. Am I talking to the right people this morning? Who here would want just a little bit more than what they presently have? Amen? Whatever area it may be. And so I want to read a portion of Scripture from the text found in Joshua. And before I do that, it will be up on the screen, but I just want to pray for this service this morning, that we might have ears to hear, that we might have eyes to see. It's not just enough to see with our natural eyes. It's not just enough to hear with our natural ears. The Bible says in Revelation, he who has an ear to hear and an eye to see, to him he will overcome. To her she will overcome. If we want to overcome and we want to embrace the Word of God, we've got to have not just natural eyesight and not just natural hearing, but we need spiritual eyesight and we need spiritual healing to hear what the Spirit of God is saying that we might truly overcome and embrace more than before. Amen. I had a great upbringing. Uh, My very first year as an apprentice, I I loved getting out of school and I loved working for my dad as an apprentice sign writer. And it was fantastic. And for the first time in my life, I received more money than I ever had before. It was a great deal of money for me at that time. I received $120 gross per week. That was more than I'd ever received before. I felt rich. Many of my friends were still at school and I had 120 bucks to burn. Sorry, I had to take out a few dollars of tax. How many know that when you're only getting $120, there's not much tax to take out? But it was a lot of money to me. But here's the thing. I'm so glad so many years later that I'm getting just a little bit more than that. And my life, has been a life where little by little, slowly but surely, I've received more than before. And I believe it's the desire of your hearts to be a people, no matter how grateful you are, to receive more than before. 
And so, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, you would indeed give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear, that we may see, know and understand your good and perfect, pleasing will, that we would not just be bystanders in our faith, but we may be recipients. We may be people that are able to give out of the abundance and the overflow of our life. And I ask that today in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Touch the person next to you and say, more than before. Thanks, V. Appreciate that. Joshua chapter 1, reading from verse 1. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, your servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give you to the Israelites. I will give you every place on which your foot shall tread, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea of the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is one of those prophetic words, those prophetic promises that excites all of us. This was the Lord speaking directly to Joshua, saying every place on which your foot shall tread, I'm going to give it to you. You are going to possess the land. You're going to possess your inheritance. This is an exciting prophetic promise and it's one that has God's heart for more for Joshua. And I believe there is more for this church. I believe there is more for me. And I believe there is more for you. I believe there is more influence coming our way. I believe there is more people that are going to be impacted. We're going to see more salvation, more signs, more wonders, more healing than ever before. I believe that that is part of what God is doing and wants to continue to do in our midst. And I believe that He doesn't just want you bystanding, but He wants to give you more too. It might be more children. It might be a husband. It might be a wife for those of you that are single. It could just be a, a promotion at work. It could be a better job. It could be a bigger home. It could be anything. But I believe God is wanting to bring more in our life. Everyone say more. more. Do you believe God has more in store for you this morning? Amen. Let me continue reading. This being the foundation that there is more in store, the Lord goes on. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate upon it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. I have, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you everywhere you go. The first part of what I've read to you this morning is a prophetic promise. Every place on which your foot shall tread, I have given it to you. The second portion of the text that I've read this morning 
God mentions not once, not twice, but three times to be strong and courageous. On one occasion, he even says, be strong and very courageous. This is the first time God hints at the fact there may be some difficulties in inheriting the promised land. In taking hold of what God has for you. You want more. You've all agreed that you want more. Who wants more? And God will give you more. But here's the thing, you'll get more of everything. And part of the more that we will receive is more problems, more pain, and more opposition. It's part of the more that God has in store for each and every one of us in this place. We will get more of everything. So you can't have growth without change. See, growth equals change. For those who you are young and single and say, I want to get married, that, that's to double your family overnight. When you get married, your, your family doubles. You as an individual, now you're a couple. Your life has just doubled. There's, there's great, that's more. It's growth. It's 100% growth. It equals change. And the problem with change is this. Change equals loss. So growth equals change and change equals loss. And so when you become a married man or a married woman, you lose your singleness. Change equals, uh, growth equals change and change equals loss. You lose your singleness as a married man. And there are many people who don't like the loss and so we see the separation and divorce rate what it is because we lament over the loss instead of seeing the gains. Because growth always equals change and change always equals loss and loss always equals pain. There is pain associated to loss. If you look at my first word, growth, and my last word, pain, it equals one thing, growing pains. There is always pain associated with growth. There is always pain associated with more. The more blessing, the more problems, the more opposition, and the more pain. It's true in every area of life, not just for this church, not just for me leading this church, but it's true at every level in your family. When we had our first child, it was magnificent. Growth in our family. Our family was a growing unit and Jordan came along and then Mitchell came along and then a little bit later, BJ came along. Three incredible kids, more, more, more. Three times more. And there's change. I never forget the very first time that um, we brought Jordan home from the hospital we were used to just being footloose and fancy free, two young married, uh, young married couple. We could go out to the movies. We could go out and do whatever we wanted. And I forget, within the first week of bringing Jordan home from the hospital, I said to Kath, as we're sitting in front of the television, I said, hey, let's go to the movies. Let's go now. And Kath said, aren't you forgetting? He's like, I said, of course, the popcorn. <laughs> she said, you're forgetting? He's like, ah, oh, the drinks. We've got all that. No, no, no. We've got a baby now. Loss. Pain. 
What are you going to focus on? What are you going to focus on? I remember, you know, when we used to be footloose and fancy free as a young married couple, no kids. You just get in the car, you drive, you get out the car, go. You know, people prepared us for a lot of things when it came to having children, but one thing they never prepared us for, and this is a word of advice for all you young mums and young dads out there, beware of the stuff. (laughs) You've got to leave an extra 10 minutes before going anywhere. Five minutes to pack the car. Five minutes to unpack the car with the pram and the nappies and everything. I, I I was never told about that. Loss. Pain. We had more, but we lost something. And there's some pain attached to that. And that's true at every area of life. For those who are at school, I just can't wait to get out of school. The pressure of exams. You want more? More pressure. At school, there's no pressure of the mortgage. Get more freedom, more pressure, more responsibilities, etc. Am I talking to the right people this morning? See, God wants to give you more, but there are going to be some obstacles along the way. And those obstacles can be painful, and at times, very painful. In Joshua chapter 12, you can read the chapter in your own time later on. But there's a list of 31. Everyone say 31. 31 kings that Joshua had to defeat. In other words, God said, I will give you the land on which you place your feet. But at that moment in the prophetic word, he never mentioned, oh, P.S., there'll be a king that does not want to give you that land. You're going to have to fight for it. And so Joshua, battle after battle after battle, had to face the kings. And it's these kings that represent certain obstacles in our life. Each king had different strengths, different weaknesses. They needed a different strategy in overcoming. And we will have different obstacles in our lives. I don't want this to be a history lesson this morning about Joshua. I want you to see you in the story of Joshua's life. Because what was true for Joshua is true for each and every one of us in this place this morning. We have to overcome many obstacles in order to grow and to receive the more that God has in store for us. Opposition can come in many forms. It could come in gossip. I don't know if you've ever had anyone gossiping about you. It's not, it's not nice, but it's something you may need to overcome in your life. Maybe it's the circumstances, circumstances that are out of your control, things that you just never perceived, never imagined would be happening to you right now. And you've got to learn to overcome that. It's an obstacle. It doesn't mean you can't have more. It just means you've got to fight to overcome the obstacles that come your way. I'm reading a great book now called David and Goliath, written by Malcolm Gladwell. And he talks about how it's the down and outs and the misfits and those that were the underdogs that often overcome. And so if you're feeling like a misfit, if you're feeling like an underdog, Know that you are in a great position to overcome. You are perfectly positioned to be able to overcome in your circumstance and situation. 
Maybe some of the things that you're experiencing right now is just a simple matter of reaping what you've sown. It's the fruit of bad decisions. Something you've got to overcome right now. And I want to say to all those who have made bad decisions and there's some loss as a result of your bad decisions, then cheer up. You've learned an invaluable lesson. You know what not to do now. If you did something and it didn't work out well, you know what not to do. Let that be your teacher today. Maybe it's receiving some bad news for something that you did right. Maybe it's a stand you made as a Christian in your university and you're being ridiculed and receiving opposition. These are, these are tests. These are things sent to test us. And, and, and there's things that are, are there for us to overcome if we are to receive more than before. Can you imagine Joshua with his army walking toward a particular part of the world at that time saying, hey, God has given us the land, every place on which our foot shall tread. All we're going to do is place our foot on that land and it's ours in Jesus' name. Not that he would have said that, but you know, we, we have that mentality that God's just going to give us everything. But there is some very real obstacles that we're going to face in order to have more than before. And so I just want to look at a couple of things this morning. Some of the kings and the opponents that I personally have had to overcome many times to have what I have presently in my world and in my life today. And I've picked three things that are not just true for me, but I think will hit home for each and every one of us. These are certainly true for me and there are more. I just don't have time to go into all of them today. I could probably have 31 things I've had to overcome. I want to get it down to three this morning. And the three I've picked are ones that I think are true and relevant for each and every one of us. I believe these obstacles are ones that we're going to have to overcome if we are to receive more than before. We started this meeting by saying, who wants more? And we all said, yes, I want more. Well, know this, God wants to give you more, but also know that there are obstacles coming your way, obstacles that need to be overcome in order for you to take a hold of those promises in God. How does that sound this morning? And so the first thing I want to just look at is demonic activity. One of the obstacles that you and I are going to have to overcome in our life personally, as a church as a group of believers, is the demonic activity that comes against you as a Christian, that comes against us as a church. I want to read from Ephesians chapter 6. It says in verse 12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. In other words, it's not against what people say. It's not against what people do. It's not against what people think. It's not against what they blog. It's not against what they tweet. It's not against what they put on Instagram or on Facebook. That is not where the opposition is. The opposition is not against flesh and blood, but it's against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. I want you to know something. Those of you who are new to this church or maybe visiting for the first time, I know you don't know me that well, but those in this place that do know me well know this. I'm not a super spiritual, super spooky kind of guy. We've tried to be as normal and as relevant as we possibly can in communicating God's love to humanity. But know this, 
The devil is very, very real. There is a heaven, there is a hell. There is a God in heaven who loves you and there's a devil that hates you. And he seeks to bring you down. He seeks to kill, steal and destroy your life. He seeks to not give you more, but take away the things that you have in your life. He's the master of cunning and he's a master of deception. He passes from shadow to shadow. He is the supreme manipulator of human beings. It has been said the greatest trick of the devil to pull, uh, sorry, the greatest, tick, the, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he does not exist. See, if we don't believe in a God, you've got to ask yourself, why do all these bad things happen? And here's the thing because people don't believe there is a devil, they end up blaming the God that loves them. He works in the shadows. He's a master manipulator of human beings. And because people don't know He exists, they say, if God is a God of love, why do bad things happen? Have you ever been on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter and seen some things that are out there and thought to yourself, I would love to have an alias account where I could put whatever I wanted and no one knew it was me. Come on, be honest right now. You've seen some tweets, you've seen some posts, you've seen that have gone up, some things that have gone up online and you thought, oh, I wish I had an alias account where I could speak my mind about that thing. But no one knew it was me. I could cause trouble for people. I could speak my mind. I could tell people what I really think. And they wouldn't even know it was me. How many of you, don't show me your hands. That's exactly what the devil does. That's exactly what he does. He hides in the shadows under an alias account and causes havoc and reaps problem after problem. Creates a problem, steps back and sees people fight. He makes that person feel like that person's in the wrong. He makes that person feel like that person's in the wrong and watches his master plan come into existence. And we preach a God of love, but we haven't matched the God of love that there is a very real devil out to destroy you, destroy your family and destroy the church. I say that with a smile on my face because God is bigger and God is better than anything He can throw at us. But as a church, we need to be smart and we need to take up the fight where the fight is and it's not against flesh and blood. And that's why for me, prayer is so essential. Prayer is not something we do as Christians just because we're Christians. It's because we understand prayer is so important and prayer takes on many facets. There is prayer that just exalts and honours God. There's prayer that speaks praises to Him. But there's also a prayer where we take the battle to where the battle is. And so if your prayers are consumed with just you and yours, we're missing something when it comes to prayer. The devil wants to convince us that he doesn't exist so that he can go about doing what he's always done. Can I just say this? And I've seen it many times before. When people begin to step up, when people step out, when people make a decision to follow Christ, it's often then that the enemy will seek to attack us. We see brand new Christians 
give their life to Jesus. And often they don't have the best first week. Often all hell breaks loose. Because the devil does not want you to know what you're about to learn. I know there are some of you in this place right now, you're, you're sensing a stirring in your spirit and you're sensing that you've just got to move forward. And as you've said yes in your heart, things have gone wrong. I'm convinced many of the arguments we have as husband and wife is a demonic uh, attack to stop us and confuse us and to get us off the track and the purpose that God has for us as a church. And so I want us to be aware that if we're to have more than before, we've got to be aware, not scared, but aware of the demonic activity that seeks to split you and your um, partner's life apart. He seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. But there is a God who is greater. There is a God who is able to make all grace abound to us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, it says, But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that reassuring? Isn't that reassuring? That as we say yes to the more that God has in store for us, even when opposition comes. Now, I'm not asking you to go looking for demons under every pillow. I'm not asking you to look at demons in every program. I'm saying that just, just be mindful. Just be aware that not every thought you have has actually come from you. There are God thoughts and there are devilish thoughts. And then there are your thoughts. And so if we can be aware of that, we'll be a bit smarter in taking the fight to where it's at. The second thing we're going to have to overcome is anxiety and stress. You know, as a kid growing up, and I probably speak on behalf of all of us in this room, I didn't have a lot to be anxious or stressful about because I wasn't carrying any weight and I didn't have any pressure in my life. The only thing I had to concern myself with was the pain of knowing that the Port Adelaide Football Club were probably going to win another premiership. And, and as a young boy growing up, going for Central District, I hated that. That's about the only thing I had to concern myself with as a young boy growing up. I didn't have to think about the mortgage. I didn't think about, have to think about hospital bills or school bills or paying for the books. Or, I, it was all just taken care of. But it's as I've stepped into my responsibility as a man, as an adult, as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, stress and anxiety can be one of those things that want to take you down and stops you receiving more than before. Yeah. Am I talking to anyone this morning? Can I just say that anxiety and stress is a very real king that will seek to intimidate you and stop you. I never forget many years ago when we moved from our first, uh, our second hired hall on a Sunday. This is speaking of the church, we've been going four years. And then we took this massive step of faith, massive step of faith. We were going to go for the first time in our church's history, we were going to go from a hired hall on Sunday, about 10 bucks a week, to uh, leasing a property 24-7 
full time. We weren't purchasing it. We, we just had to come up with $30,000 per annum, which was a far cry from $10 a week. It doesn't sound like a lot to me today, but as a young man learning the ropes when it came to church leadership and leading people and, and, and loving God and moving forward, I'd like to tell you that it was just a piece of cake for me, moving from one season into the next season. And this is the day the Lord has made and every place on which my foot shall tread, the God has given it to us. I'd like to say it was that simple. But I do remember at that time, taking on this incredible responsibility, this incredible financial responsibility. I, I knew it was right. I knew it was in God. I, I knew that this is what God had for us. I knew that we couldn't stay where we were. I knew that God had more in store for us and I knew He provided this building. I knew God was behind it. And yet, there is still some weight. There's still some pressure. And we stepped out in faith. And I never forget, we were, we were you know, putting up the uh, walls and the doors and the paint and, and doing all those things. And the money's just going out. Money that never, never went out that quickly before. And you, and you start to think, oh my gosh, is this ever going to stop? And to my shame, the moment got the better of me. Now, this is unbeknownst to everyone. You just, you just carry on. But I do remember in and around that time, my body just broke out in a rash. I, I didn't know it. I thought what it was. I didn't know what it was. And, but I look back now and see that that was a stress-related thing. And I'm not proud to say that, that moment got the better of me. But I do know at that moment, it was a moment for me, do you back off and give in to it and say it's all too hard? Or do you go into God more to go through that moment? That moment I've just shared with you is history now. It's in the past. The anxiety and the stress that got the better of me was taken before God, was repented of. And grace came. And the very thing that could have taken me out and the very thing that seeks to take you out can be overcome because we serve a God that is bigger. In Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, You will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind is stayed on you. We want more. And part of the more is more problems. But all those problems can be overcome. The reason I feel to share these things this morning is because if we don't overcome these, what we're going to do is go back. And one thing that breaks my heart is too many people just want to withdraw and go back. The bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, young Christians that gave their life to Jesus five years later, 10 years later, 20 years later, are no more because these moments, the demonic, the relentless demonic attack or the worry and stress and anxiety. Now, my weight in my life is different to yours. But it's all relative. Stress and anxiety may be getting the better of you as you're preparing to become parents for the first time. Or you've just said 
yes to a new job or you've just lost your job or maybe you're going through some health problems right now. Can I just say, don't let these things stop you embracing your future and having more than before. These things are sent to test us and strengthen us so that we may go through to a whole nother level. Anxiety is sin and it needs to be addressed. But we as Christians have played the game where I don't get anxious. We know we shouldn't, so we say we don't even when we do. And it's called being fake. And so it's best just to acknowledge what it is in our life so that we can deal with it. How many know that when you acknowledge what something is, you can then begin to deal with it? When you blame this person, that person, that person, you'll never deal with your problem if the problem's with you. And so these are a couple of very real kings that we're going to have to overcome. And the last one I want to look at is just the loneliness factor. The loneliness factor. It may surprise some of you to know that in the largeness of this church and the busyness of my life, there are seasons of loneliness that I experience. And it's not for a lack of people in my world. The loneliness comes through being misunderstood. You've got to get this. This is going to help you in your situation. The loneliness has not come from a lack of friends. The loneliness comes from a lack of being understood. There are very few people that understand my position. There are very few children that understand the parents' role. How many of you can think back to when you were a child? You don't love me, Dad. You don't love me, Mom. And now you're a parent. You go, aha, this is what they were on about. And as a parent, you have to go through that loneliness and the pain and the hurt of being misunderstood. Hearing the very children that you love, that you gave birth to, accuse you of not loving them. It's painful. But it's part of life. And if we allow the pain to get too great, it's going to cause us to back off and we're going to miss what more God has in store for us, individually and collectively. Is this hitting home today? For me, there are the consequences of decisions made. And the more responsibility and the greater level of leadership, you know what I'm talking about. But it's all relative. As I've already mentioned, it could just be parents disciplining children. It could be that loneliness that you feel when you're making a stand in your faith at school or at university or in the workplace. How many of you have ever felt the loneliness of being the only Christian on campus, the only Christian at work? And part of that might be being isolated, mocked, teased. We have some incredible young men and women that want to hold on to their virginity in a world that does not value virginity. In a world that says, sleep around, try before you buy. There is a pressure on some of our young ones today like never before to just conform. And by virtue of them holding on to their virtue and their virginity, There's a loneliness. It doesn't mean they don't have friends. 
It's the loneliness of being misunderstood. And, and it's something that we have to overcome and deal with. Otherwise, what's going to happen, we're going to just give in to the pressure. And Christianity and going to church is going to be something we just used to do. Instead of powering on year after year after year after year. Every season in my life has been these moments of receiving more and then dealing with some of these things. And on the other side of it, having more as a result. And then having to deal with some other things. And I want to encourage this morning, not tire of doing good. It could be the loneliness of leaving friends behind that you've outgrown. As you grow in the things of the Lord, the dynamics of your friendship circles change. And there's a loneliness associated with that. I'd be foolish not to think that in a room of this many people, there are not people going through these things and facing these things. Maybe all three at once. Maybe just one or two of them. And maybe you're not dealing with them now, but you have in the past or you will in the future. But know this, and I say all that to say that it's normal. Yeah. It's a normal part of life. Yeah. In this church, we seek to inspire faith, but not at the expense of reality. And so I do believe for every one of you, there is more than you've ever experienced before. But know that, with that comes opposition, problem, and pain. And I don't say that to this morning to glorify any of those things, but just to prepare you so that you may understand where the battle really is and what's really going on. Sometimes we feel the loneliness that I've talked about, and then the enemy gets on that loneliness and starts accusing you that you're no good. Call yourself a Christian. You're ugly. You're overweight. And just heaps on the pressure. And that's why I just love coming to church. Where we can get together as the body of Christ and just worship this incredible God. And get our focus back. The good news is that God is bigger than the feelings you have. And the misunderstanding that comes from time to time. In Hebrews 13 verse 5, it says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God says, Never will I leave you nor forsake you. We serve a God who is bigger, who is greater, who is stronger. I started by saying, Who wants more? We said, Yes. I then went on to say that with that more comes more of everything that includes pain, problems, and opposition. Let me conclude by saying this. The answer to all of that is having more of God. You want more? Great. You get more opposition. Oh, answer, more of God. And that's why I would encourage every one of you to value church attendance. To value praying, 
to value reading his word because your answer to receiving more and overcoming more of the problems is to have more of God. Otherwise, we're just going to back off and miss out. Can you imagine Joshua fights one king? Whoa, ground. He fights another king, more ground. He fights another king, more ground. Now he's getting tired. And then pretty soon, the promise of God is thwarted by his inability to get more of God. And that's why the challenge came. Do not neglect the word of the Lord. Meditate upon it morning, noon, and night. I want us to stand to our feet this morning. Created a little bit of time in our meeting just to focus upon Him this morning. If you're feeling the weight of loneliness through being misunderstood, know this, you're in good hands. No one was more misunderstood than Jesus. Many times it's recorded, they said of Jesus, who do you think you are? You're in good hands. You have one this morning who is able to empathize with you and understand exactly what you're going through. Maybe anxiety and stress is getting the better of you. Well, know this, we have one who we can come to. The invitation is there in Matthew 28. Come to me. All you are burdened and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That invitation is for you this morning. And maybe some of you, you wouldn't have known this prior to this morning's talk. But you can say, hey, I actually think there's been some demonic activity in my thoughts, in things that have been happening in my world. And for you, I'd say, know this, that we serve one who is greater, who overcame the enemy. That's why Calvary is so precious. The devil tried his best to bring Jesus down. And he was defeated once and for all. And so the answer to all these things that come against us, and there's many, many more. The answer is simple. Jesus. Coming to him. Father, I want to thank you for your incredible plan of redemption. I want to thank you for your incredible plan of growth in taking the land and giving us more than before. And we recognize, Lord, when we're taking ground, someone is losing it, and those that are losing it don't like it, and so there is pressure and opposition. And for those amongst us this morning that are feeling that pressure and the weight, I ask and pray in Jesus' name that you would come and have your way. 
and that you bring a peace to every heart in this place right now. And I said in Jesus' name. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 